Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Psalm 69.9, if you have your Bible, I want to read half of a scripture to you. For zeal for your house consumes me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that your word is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. God, I pray that your word today will not return void, but your word would do exactly what your word needs to do. I pray today, God, that people would go home different than the way they came. I pray that people would go home not just motivated and inspired, but they'd go home changed. I pray that they go home full of more of the Holy Spirit, more of you. Father, I pray in this moment that there would be less of me and more of you. I pray that the words out of my mouth today would be pleasing to you and that you would take my words and that you would anoint them. I pray today that the spirit of the sovereign Lord would be upon me, that you would anoint me. I pray that captives would be set free today. Those that are bound and addicted would be set free today. Those that are in chains and bondage would be set free today by the power of your word. In Jesus' name. And the whole church said, Amen. Amen. I missed you guys last week. Thank you so much for uh, giving me a week off. I don't know if you gave me a week off, but we took one either way. Um, but it was so good to, to be off, and we got some mountain air, and uh, it's hard to breathe up in the mountains. Anybody ever been up in the mountains? But man, you, you stay for a few days, and man, it does something to you. Get some fresh air in your lungs. Gary's shaking his head. He goes to the mountains a lot with his Shelby Cobra. Is that what it is? Is that the right kind of car? And uh, so it was good. My wife and I, we had a good time. Uh, didn't Valerie do so amazing? Where are you at, Valerie? I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of the gift of God that's on your life. I'm so proud of just how you used it last week to minister to our church and you didn't just bring part of you, you brought all of you. I'm so proud of how hard you studied and prayed and fasted and fought through a cold to preach the word of God. And it was anointed. I was in tears Sunday night as I was listening to it in my car on YouTube and Breckenridge, Colorado, just thinking, I'm so proud. I could feel the presence of God. And man, how I missed home, how I wanted to be in the room. I couldn't help but to be excited for today. Yesterday, I was driving uh, in my truck on the way to the offices and a scripture came to mind, Psalm 122, verse number one. And it says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me. Anybody just glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord today? A few of you. My goal is by the end of this sermon that you would be excited to be in the house of the Lord. That you would be glad that you are in the house of the Lord. I don't want church just to be a box that I check. I don't want church just to be something that I come and do because I feel like I have to and if I don't, there's gonna be guilt and shame bucketed on me. I wanna come more than just to check a box. I wanna come more than just to push through the guilt and shame of 
you know, if I don't go. No, I wanna be glad to go to the house of the Lord. I wanna be excited when I get in his presence. I wanna walk in these doors with a pep in my step, a smile on my face, my hands lifted high saying, I am glad today. I am excited today to be in the house of the Lord. And I love this house. I love the house that God is building here, Life Point Church, Louisville, Kentucky. I love this house. I love the people that are in this house. I love the presence that is in this house. You know, David, as we look at the Old Testament, we look at the life of King David, he was obsessed with the house of God. I mean, there's no better way to describe it. I mean, he was literally obsessed with it. He would sell everything he owned. He would do everything it took to be in the house of God. All throughout scripture, if you read David's writing, it is peppered with his poetic language of his heart for the house. David had such a radical heart for the house of the Lord, such a radical heart for his presence. And it's in Psalm 69, nine that we just read a moment ago. He says, for your zeal, for your house, it, it consumes me. It consumes me. In the New King James Version, it says, because zeal for your house, it has eaten me up. Man, I want the zeal for the house of God to consume me. I want zeal for his house to, to eat me up. I wanna be in love with the house of God. You know, what is zeal? It's, it's boiling hot passion. It's intense enthusiasm and all of us have zeal all of you in this room you have zeal for something you have zeal for God hopefully you have a passion for him you have zeal for your family I hope you have zeal for maybe your job your hobbies you have zeal for the Alabama where's my Alabama people out you might you might have lost your zeal yesterday but you have zeal for a sports team we all have zeal and it's something that God has created in us. He has made us to be passionate people. He has made us to be full of zeal and passion and enthusiasm. But he's always intended that zeal to be directed in the right places. It is not wrong to have zeal for a sports team. It is not wrong to have zeal for your family or your job. You should have zeal for those things. But you should also have zeal for God. You should also have zeal for the house of God. I wanna have zeal for his house. Yesterday as I was driving and I thought of that scripture, I. I just thought this idea, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I wonder if everyone is glad when they go into the house of the Lord. I wonder if there is a zeal in them that consumes them to be in his presence. See, I don't just want a zeal for God, but I want a zeal for the things that God loves and God loves his church and God loves his house. It is his house that his presence resides in Matthew 18, 20, where two or three are gathered. There I am 
in the midst of them. He loves the church. He died for the church. And I want to have zeal for the house. See, my passion and zeal are the gauges that display my heart's treasure. And I want to have zeal for something that lasts. I want to have zeal for, yes, my family and yes, you know, my hobbies and all those things, but I want to have zeal for something that will last forever above all else. I want to have zeal for the things of God and the house of God. I want to give my life to building the house of the Lord. I want my passions to sync up with his passions. I think that is why David says his zeal, oh, it consumes me. Psalms 8410, he says, better is a day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper to the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. In Psalms 26, eight, he says this. He says, I love your sanctuary. I love your sanctuary. The place where your glorious presence dwells. I want it to be said of me one day on my tombstone that he loved God, he loved his family, and he loved God's house. May it be said of me that I loved my God, that I loved my family, and that I loved his house. I want to be like David. I want there to be something in me that consumes me for the house of God. That I'll give and I'll serve and I'll sacrifice because his presence and his house, it matters. I want to build a church full of people consumed with a zeal for the house of the Lord. I want a church full of people that says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Oh, I love the house of God. I love the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord has been there for me. 23 plus years ago, I walked into the first church house that I had ever been into. Would you put that on the screen? In Denver, Arkansas, I didn't even know what a denomination was. I guess it was a church of God. Denver, Arkansas, if you pull it up on the map right now, you'll only see two things on that map. You'll see a cemetery and you'll see that church. That's the only things that show on Google Maps. I don't even think they have the address to the houses there. But there was a church in Denver, Arkansas that that I walked through the doors of. I took this about six years ago. This was an addition. <laughs> that was the fellowship hall they built onto. It's a little one-room schoolhouse. You'd drive by it today and it would mean nothing to you. You'd drive by it today and the sign is ran down. I don't even know if the church is there. But that house, it changed me. That house changed my family. I grew up with my dad. It's an only child. 
My mom had walked out on me. My dad took me from her, whatever you want to call it. And we spent our lives, just me and him. And it wasn't a godly household. I don't want to go through the pain of what childhood looked like for me, but it wasn't perfect. When I was 12 years old, I found myself moving from Fresno, California area to Green Forest, Arkansas with my grandfather in a little Ford Ranger pickup with a cassette player. We listened to Garth Brooks the whole way. We'd listen to one side and flip it to the other side. And the thunder rolls. I didn't know I was country until I listened to Garth Brooks. Showed up in Green Forest, Arkansas. I was with my grandparents. I later would find out it's because my dad was in jail. And anyways, my grandparents, they didn't know how to handle a 12-year-old that had all the emotional baggage that I brought with me of growing up in a house that I grew up in. And so I got kind of shipped off to a boy's home, a behavioral center called Charter. Was there for a while, got out and uh, then got shipped to another one called the Haberton House and spent a lot of my uh, middle, um, middle school years with labels getting put on me. Labels that were... Uh, um, labels that honestly, I don't think were true, but they were just a product of the environment that I was a part of. And so it was what I was dealing with. My dad later would find out after getting out of jail, I I guess a lot of it's really foggy. I've heard it second and third hand and came back and still kind of the same person he was living the same life that he was living. And I don't even know for sure ultimately I got saved in another church where my dad um, was invited at a gas station but I don't know this was the first church when I got to thinking that we're actually a part of and I don't know how I got there I guess I should ask my dad but I just thought of it yesterday and Doug and Diane Grinder, who did not live there came to Denver Arkansas with a house or a zeal for the house of the Lord and built something that put a seed in me. It changed my dad's life. My dad got cleaned up, got sober. You have no idea what it did for our family. And so I love the house of the Lord. It was the house of the Lord that saved my dad. It was the house of the Lord that I put a knee down on a carpet that was tear-stained and gave my life to Christ. It was the house of the Lord that I met my wife. It was the house of the Lord that we got married in. It was the house of the Lord where I found my passions. It was the house of the Lord where I found my purpose. It was the house of the Lord that 
my wife would walk out of a worship service one day and say, I just feel like God healed my body. It was in the house of the Lord that God would heal her body. And ultimately, after seven years of infertility, we would have a child. It was the house of the Lord that I dedicated my son in. It was the house of the Lord. Every great moment in my life, the house of the Lord has been a part of it. Every great moment in my family's life, the house of the Lord has been a part of it. And I want to give my life to building his house. See, I love the house of the Lord. But something I've learned over time, one thing that I learned that the enemy wants to do The enemy loves nothing more than to redirect our zeal towards other things. The enemy would love to redirect your zeal and your passion for the house of God towards something else. There's nothing more than he wants to do than to redirect it. Oh, it's easy to have zeal when we first get saved, right? It's easy to have zeal when we first give our lives to Christ, but how many of you know that zeal can begin to wane a little bit? You give your life to Christ in the beginning, you can't wait to get back to the house of the Lord because it changed you. It's where you met his presence. It's where you fell in love with him. But over time, isn't it true that our zeal for the house, it can begin to get a little tired? See, the enemy, he cannot stop the church. So if he can distract the church, if he can redirect your passion to something else, he could slow it down. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell, they cannot conquer it. See, when we gather, we become the church, the the ecclesia, the assembly, the gathering and our gathering, it is his house. This is the house of the Lord and the enemy cannot destroy it so he wants to sabotage it. He can't stop it so he wants to redirect it. See, there's a popular belief and I guess I'm just kind of coming at it today that you don't need the church anymore. That, that you can love God but, but you don't have to love his house And there's a generation growing up to believe that the house of God, it doesn't matter. It's not important that you are the church and wherever you are, it's fine. And I understand that. I I, I understand the theology of you are the temple and God is in you and where he goes, you go. But I also understand the importance of the house of the Lord, of the gathering of the saints together, that together we become his church and our gathering becomes his house. And I get it. I get that the church needs to do better. I get that there's some some hurt that the church has caused. I get it that maybe you've been in a church that it disappointed you, it ostracized you, it hurt you. I get it. There is some very real change that people need to make. People will fail us sometimes. The church has hurt me before. 
The church has ostracized me before. I've been disappointed by it. I've been disappointed by the behaviors of it. But I don't want that to affect my love for it. I want to love God, but I also want to love the thing that he loves. And he loves his church. I believe he loves this church. Not just this church, but the churches in this city. And I want a passion for the house. You know, even Jesus had a passion for the house of God. In Luke 2, 41 through 49, it says every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover when he was 12 years old. They went up to the festival according to custom and after the festival was over, his parents were returning home and the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. I mean, this is like home alone. They began looking for him amongst his relatives and friends. They could not find him. And finally they went back to Jerusalem. And after three days they found him and guess where they found him in the temple courts, sitting amongst the teachers, listening to them, asking questions. Everyone that heard Jesus was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astounded. And his mother said, son, why have you treated us like this? And your father and I, we've been anxiously searching for you. And he said, why have you been searching for me? Did you not know I would be in my father's house? He loved the father's house. The father's house was a place of closeness for him, a place of home, a place where his presence was. Jesus, he had zeal for the house. And all four gospels demonstrate that zeal for the father's house on full display. In John chapter two, when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus would be a little older now. He would have started his ministry at this point. He had just performed a miracle at a wedding. And now he was on his way to Jewish Passover and he went up to Jerusalem and in the temple courts, he found people. The place where it was once a house of prayer, the place where it was once a place where he would sit and listen to the teachings and grow in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with man. You know the scripture now in John chapter two, verse 13, it says, or 14 now, that when he went into the temple courts, he found people selling cattle and sheeps and doves and others sitting at the table exchanging money. So what did Jesus do? Well, in his love and his zealousness, he made whips out of cords. We like to think of Jesus as nice Jesus all the time, but don't mess with him in his father's house. He made whips out of cords and he drove them all out from the temple, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins and the money changers and overturned their tables to those that sold doves. He said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. We could teach a whole sermon sermon series on what's going on, but let me dumb it down for you today. God's house and his temple was holy, but it had been turned common. The sacred had been made common. The place that was meant to be valued and appreciated and cherished was now 
common. The place meant to be a place of sacrifice and giving was now a place of just receiving worldly wealth. And at Jesus's zeal in this moment, the disciples, they looked at the situation and in John 2, it says that the disciples remembered the words of David. The disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. And so here is the simple question that I have today. I don't even know if this is a sermon or a testimony or what, but it's what I felt on the heart today. My question is this, how is your zeal for the house? And this is not something that I think I need to preach because it's waning or you guys don't love Jesus or anything like this. This text is not being preached today because I think there's something missing here. I think that your zeal for some of you is red hot. But rather it's a principle and it's a desire of Jennifer and I that this place would always be cherished. That yes, this is a school, but one day may someone drive by this school and say that was an auditorium at, at KCD, but it was more than an auditorium to me. I got saved there. Oh, it's just an auditorium across from the paddocks, but I went and my marriage got put back together. Oh, it was just an auditorium, but somebody prayed over me in an altar and my womb was healed and my walk with God was put back together and cancer came off me. Oh, it was just an auditorium at KCD, but more than that, it was the house of Lord, the house of the Lord to me and my zeal, my zeal for for it, it consumes me. I hope people walk by one day and they love this place because of the God that was in this place, that they walk by this. I hope that the classrooms that are meeting in this school, they feel the presence of God. How is your zeal today for the house of the Lord? If you're saying, I don't really know, Here's a good way to answer that question or to find out how your zeal is. Is church a box you check? Is it just the house of God? I don't know, I grew up in it. My mama brought me, my grandmama brought me, and I just go. Is it a box you check? Is it something that guilt and shame bring you to because you feel like if you don't go that God loves you less? Is it normal to show up late and leave early? Is your passion to put your hands to the things of God, is it weary? How is your zeal for his house? And if your zeal is lacking, two things that I think you can do. Number one, Put your hand in the house. If your zeal is lacking, I promise you, if you will put your hand in the house, you'll find passion for the house. 
If you begin to allow your lives to be, as Romans 12, one says, a living sacrifice. If you begin to put your hands in the house, I promise you, you'll get your zeal back. If you have no zeal for the house, put your hands in the house. If your hands have been in the house for a long time, but your zeal has made, or let me say it this way, if your hands have been in the house, but your hands are weary, may God reignite your zeal. If at one point you served on a parking team and every car that you waved in to this place, there was something that rose up in you, they're coming to the house of God today. Who knows what's gonna happen in their life today, but that has waned. May you remember your why. May you remember why when you rock a baby and kids point that you're not just filling a hole or babysitting, but you are putting seeds into the next generation. As Tasha Cobbs said in the song, the church I grew up in, I pray that there's healing in these walls. I pray that there's tear stains on these risers. I pray that there would be just a zeal for the house that would consume you. Put your hands in it. Give to it. Serve it. Be about what God is about. He said, I will build build the thing with God that he is building. The second thing is, if your zeal is waning, don't just put your hand in it, but put your heart in it. Maybe for you, you need to put your heart back in the house. You're physically here, but you've been hurt. You came to this church because another church hurt you. And you're giving God a shot, but there's something in you that's skeptic about ever giving his house a shot again. Can I just say, I I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. I get it. But trust God again. Try it again. Put your heart back in it again. How do you do that? Well, I bet you if I were to have a conversation with you, some of your greatest moments have been in the house of God. Remember that you were saved in the house of God. Remember that moment where God touched you in a worship service that forever changed you. Remember that moment you got your passion. Remember that you found your spouse in the house of God. See, as you remember the goodness of the house, your zeal will be reignited. And I never want to lack, Romans, I believe 12, 1, never lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. I want to never lack in zeal, but I want there to be spiritual fervor for God and for the things of God. I close with this, Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. God is building a home. It is the house of the Lord. And he's using us all. 
irrespective of how you got in this building. Somebody invited you, you showed up, you saw it on social. Irrespective of how you got here, he's using you and what he's building. He used the apostles and the prophets as the foundation and now he's using you. You are a living stone. He is fitting you together brick by brick, stone by stone with him as the cornerstone. He holds all parts together. And I don't know about you, but I can see it taking shape. Day after day, Sunday after Sunday, a holy temple. Oh, it may have life point on a flag, but it is a holy temple being built not just by these hands, but by God's hands with him building all of us into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. Psalms 27, four, one thing David said that I've asked of the Lord that I will seek after. I may dwell. I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May that be your prayer. That there would be a heart for his house. And that you would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How is your zeal for the house? If you've heard this message and you thought this is not for me, may it be an indicator of your zeal. And may you try to put your hands in the house. And may you try to put your heart in the house. And may you find a God that his presence is in the house, ready to change you, heal you, touch you, deliver you, set you free. May there be zeal in your life for his house. Would you pray? Would you bow your heads with me actually? Can I pray with you before I have you pray? Maybe you're in here today and your zeal has been extinguished. What I want to pray for you today first is that maybe before you can put your heart and your hands in the house, you may need to fully put your heart and your, your faith in Jesus that you don't really have a love for his house because you really never had a love for him. See, because if you had a love for him, you would love the things that he loves. So maybe this concept is foreign to you because you're far from God. I wanna encourage you in this moment. You don't have to walk out of here not knowing him but you can put your faith and trust in him. The Bible says anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, 
all you have to do, right where you're at. In fact, I'm not gonna ask you to lift a hand or come up to the front or pray a prayer. Today, I'm just gonna ask if that's you and you would say, I need to give my life to Christ. Would you just call on his name? Would you just simply just say, Jesus, I need you. Save me. And in Jesus' name, you're saved. And you confess with your mouth, Jesus, you're Lord of my life. You believe in your heart that he is enough, ultimately. Man, at that moment, at that moment, everything changes. If you're in here and your zeal for his house is lacking, I want to pray that God would set a fire in you again. Father, I pray that you would remind us that the church is the hope of the world. That you are still building your church. And the enemy has tried to stop it, but he cannot. The enemy may try to snuff it out, but he cannot. And Father, may we be about building the same thing that you are about. Building your house. And Father, I pray that we would do it with a, with a zeal that would consume us. Father, put a zeal for your house in each and every person today. Put a zeal, a zeal, a passion, enthusiasm for the house of the Lord in each of us. And Father, I pray from here on out that there would never be a Sunday that the first thing the first thing on the top of our mind is, is this, that I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord because I love your house. As David says, I love your sanctuary, the place where your glory dwells. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.